0: Okay, now we're good. Morning, everyone. It's good to see so many new faces and familiar faces and old faces. And new. And new faces. We're gonna start our service. If you guys are ready, or if you're not ready. Either way, Uh, go ahead and rise to your feet if you would. We're gonna sing. You never let go. The valley of the shadow of death Your perfect love is casting out fear Even when I'm caught Caught in the the middle middle. Of the storms of this life I won't turn back, I know you are near And I will
1: fear no evil For my goddess will My God is with me. Whom then, then shall I fear? Whom then shall I fear? Shall I fear? You don't know. You, you never know. let go through the cold, through the, the storm. storm. Oh, oh no. no, you never let go in every heart.
2: Coming
0: for the heart that holds on A glorious light beyond all compare And there will be an end to these troubles But until that day comes
1: Until that day comes
3: god never lets go of you say amen today amen amen it's good seeing everybody this morning praise the lord for each one of you uh rod and judy asked for your prayers they took a four-day motorcycle trip through the mountains oh you're back that's right he did tell me that (laughs) oh (laughs) so should i still pray for him no i'm just kidding (laughs) that's right that's right well we'll play for rod and when he gets home without her without her getting to go as well (laughs) praise the lord but they they are traveling through the mountains and the big bend and everything this weekend and coming back sometime tomorrow so keep them him keep all of them there's a whole bunch of bikers bikes that went so uh, keep keep all them in your prayers uh, and we've got folks that are traveling all over the place. We've got some on the coast, some in East Texas. Just remember that even though they're not here, God's with them where they're at. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity we have to gather together in your house this morning and just praise your name and ask, Lord, that you just pour out your Holy Spirit upon us this day. God, may your anointing just fall on each one of us and that we can say that we have been in your house, that you are Lord of Lords, King of Kings, and you are, are in control. So, God, we just turn this all over to you this day. And, God, the, the baptism that's about to transpire here as well. May we remember that this is your proclamation, that that this young man is proclaiming you to the world. God, thank you for this testimony today. And we just praise you for all that you are. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Guys, good seeing everybody. Walk around a second. Shake somebody's hand. Give them a hug. Whatever you may feel like the Lord's leading you to do, but let them know it's good to see them in God's house today.
2: Three, four. Sacrifice of praise I bring unto the King of kings. God of creation, the King of kings, maker of everything. A Sacrifice of praise I bring unto the King of kings. Hosanna, Hosanna, Lord, I lift my voice in praise Hosanna, Hosanna I'm thanking you for your amazing grace You sent your glory, your throne on high To bear a cross for me you died My soul's been bought, I've been sanctified By the King of Kings Hosanna, Hosanna Lord, I lift My voice in praise Hosanna, Hosanna Thanking you for your amazing grace You sent your spirit to rescue me I was bound, but now I'm free You've given me liberty You're the King of kings Hosanna, Hosanna Lord, I lift my voice in praise Hosanna, Hosanna, thanking you for your amazing grace, God of creation, the King of kings, maker of everything, A sacrifice of praise I bring unto the King of kings.
3: Okay guys, sorry about that, we got, um, got different things going on this morning, different things moving around, such as that, so I'm, I'm, I'm running a little uh, head to tail this morning, but praise the Lord we're here in God's house and God's time and God's word's going to get done, amen? Amen. First, before I go into the announcements, uh, this phone was found in the ladies' restroom and it's got a code on it so I can't open it to call or see whose it is. It was left in there this morning um it has a is that yours baby oh there we go (laughs) okay uh just a few announcements Uh, we had a great candy run this morning we still need more candy so i encourage people to get candy uh someone mentioned to me this morning that sam's has got a real good deal on uh uh, that i think that was Twix bars they put in there uh going on right now so if you have a chance or you're out at sam's or something like that be looking there as well but i love seeing it coming in now and and it's getting closer to that time there's also a list of things in your bulletin that if you don't want to donate candy you want to donate something to the cakewalk or the hot dogs or something like that please feel free to do that as well normally sherry goes and gets all the hot dogs in houston because they're so much cheaper when she goes to visit her family but because of the floods that store well, that has not reopened even yet as of yet so uh, not that hot dogs are expensive it's just it was like half what there when she was visiting her family but uh so we don't have them this year so maybe the lord lays that on your heart as well whatever the lord lays on your heart and if you can't donate or put anything towards it that's great just go ahead and make sure the primary thing we need to do is be in prayer be praying for a, a safe time uh everyone's safe with the the hayride, all the toys, everything. Just pray for a safe night and that God's name is glorified. Amen? Okay. Um, The other thing I want to point out is that, as I mentioned last week, I'm going to mention it one more time, we are putting together, with Sherry no longer being able to, uh, for for a little 15 years she was doing the Thursday night dinners and the breakfasts on Sunday Uh, with her new job. She is not able to do that any longer. Uh, And we have talked, and what we are going to do, On Thursday nights, it's kind of like a potluck. If you're coming, just bring something enough for your family and maybe a little bit more, and we'll put it all out there, and everybody just eats from everybody. And Thursday nights, that way I don't have someone dedicated to every Thursday night. Also, too, on Sunday mornings for breakfast, if you would like to get on a rotation list uh, where you'd say, hey, I want to come fix breakfast for the the Sunday school classes on Sunday morning. Right now, I have four uh, groups, four families, four you know, one, one was um, a couple of people there. But anyway, I got four Sundays on that rotation. So the more names we put on there, the less often one person has to do it. But I want to encourage you to, if you would like to do that, uh, church, it's not, you know, if you want to donate the monies to buy the things to do, whatever it is, great. If not, the church can help, you know, make sure to get there. If you, I just need somebody to come and assemble. you know, put it all together uh, for everybody. So Thursday nights, is from now this coming week, Maria is going to be cooking Thursday night dinner. But after this Thursday night, it'll be potluck. Sunday mornings, uh, Miranda is going to do breakfast next Sunday morning, so thank you, honey. And from that point forward, uh, we're going to have a rotation list. So if you'd like to put your name on the list. I think that's enough announcements. Now, Chris had the scripture reading this morning, however, as I said last week, uh, Actually, the week before last, we talked about Dennis's testimony of when he came to know the Lord a little bit in Sunday school, and he's agreed he wants to share that with us this morning. So, Dennis, come on up, brother. It's still a de- deacon's reading because Dennis is a deacon here at this church as well. He's just not going to read it. Let me pray with you, brother. Father God, I just lift up my brother to you and just ask in the name of Jesus that you'll touch him and that you'll just just give him the strength and the, the durability and the, uh, of putting forth what you tell him to put forth today. Thank you for his testimony. Thank you for his service to you. And thank you for allowing us to be a part of it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, brother.
4: Well, I'm not going to get into my whole life story because it would take too long. Brother Frank wouldn't get to pray. I mean, preach... So uh, I start it all round down to drinking. I used to drink a lot, and I used to, we used to go out. I lived in a small small town, and we'd go out on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and look for trouble. We was always in a fight somewhere, and I. I don't know. I thank God that he let me live through all that. And I pray if there's anybody in here that has a drinking problem, they sure need to get shed of it because it ain't no good. And I, I I met Sarah, well, I was married once before her, and uh, she died. She went to sleep in a car, and carbon monoxide killed her. That was Neil's mother. And then I met Sarah, and she had two kids, Deanna and uh, Jimmy, and I had one, so we had three, and shortly after we got married, it wasn't long before we had Michael, he's my youngest son, and I, I still drank a lot, and I, but I give up the fighting, but I, I drank, my, I would leave in the morning with no money or with money, and I'd still come back home drunk. And one night, I come home, my wife had the kids on the couch, and they were all sitting there, and I walked in, and she said, listen, i got to talk to you. She said, you're going to have to make a choice, either your family or the drinking. And I sure didn't want to lose my family because I had a good family. And I, I, I told her, well, I'll, I'll quit. I'll, I'll try to quit. And that, I did pretty good. I didn't drink anymore. And we moved to Pearson, a little a small town. And at every Wednesday evening, there would be somebody come to the house and try to get us to go to church. And I talked with him and, and I said, well, they probably won't be back no more. And next Wednesday they were there again, different man. And that went on for three Wednesdays. And I told my wife, I said, honey, we just want to go on around there and get these people off our back because they're going to keep coming. So, <laughs> So we went to church that, that Sunday, and it, it, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. And I, I told my wife, I said, y- you know, we'll come back next Sunday. So we, we come back, and when it comes to invitation time, just like God had told me, he said, son, if you don't go forward now, I won't never bother you no more. And that scared me. So I, I went forward, and as I was going down the aisle, my wife come behind me. She, need, she was looking for something to, to be able to come. So me and her both got saved at the same time. And I thank God for that day, and he's been good to me and my family. We've, we did all right. We, we raised all these ones and grand ones. And I, I just thank God for it. I, I could get into more glory details, but I'm not going to go through all that. Cause, but I just I pray that if there is anybody in here that hasn't accepted Jesus as their Savior, today will be the day. And thank you a lot. And I'm glad to be able to say this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
3: Amen. And notice he said there was people who uh, just would not quit knocking on that door. We've been called to go ye therefore and share, make disciples and share the gospel. Oh, will you grab my phone right there since you're coming up already? No, it's on, the, by my, on that pew. Thank you. I was going to try to do it out of memory, but since you're up anyway. Yeah, thank you. The, um, we need to remember that as, as great as that testimony is and was... Dennis and his wife made the decision to accept Christ. But other people made the decision they were important enough to keep taking the gospel to them. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And they accepted Christ. Well, we're here now, too, to also celebrate someone who has taken, that, that made that decision to accept Christ. And I want to share with you this morning, out of the book of Matthew, if my phone will cooperate, out of the book of Matthew... It says this, this is Matthew 19. And I left my glasses in yonder. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. And Jesus said, let the little children come unto me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And when he had placed his hands upon them, he went on from there. And I share that with you this morning because there are those who believe that that children should not be baptized, that children aren't old enough to make that decision. And in a way, I agree. For me to baptize a young person, I have to feel really sure in my spirit. But the decision is not mine to make, it's the Lord's. Therefore, when I pray about an individual, especially a young person that comes to me, and some of you out there know that, I've probably said, I don't think your child, your little one is ready yet. I have to feel comfortable in my spirit that this, is, that this young person knows and understands the decision that's being made. And if they do, if I feel as though this Lord's telling me they do understand this, then I have to listen to what Jesus said when he says, let the little children come on to me. I think that I am doing, would be doing a disservice if the Spirit of God was telling me to baptize someone and then I said no just on ideology. For that reason, I want you to know that I pray hard and think hard before I I do baptize a young person. But this young man this morning, uh, Ryan, Ryan, you want to come on in? Ryan came to me. We talked about it. He came to me another week, and we talked about it some more. And I'll be honest with you that this young man gave me better answers than I've gotten from adults many times. Not not answers from a uh, memorized answers. He really thought about his answers, and I could hear the Spirit of God speaking. Now, I don't lead questions. This young man knew the choice he was making. Is it too hot, buddy? I can't ever hit him. Sometimes they tell me it's still cold. It feels good to me, and I don't usually like hot water. But as you can see, Ryan here, if you can't see him, look up, buddy. you got to stand tall. No, I'm just kidding. Ryan came to me, and he, he told me his testimony. And I'm going to share one more little tidbit that I thought was really neat was that he come to know Christ because his sister, after coming home from camp, was doing her Bible studies and such as that and explaining her Bible studies and such to him to where he, he wanted to accept Christ as his Lord and Savior as well. So praise the Lord for that. Amen? So I, I think his sister gets a round of applause too. If we will be just faithful in doing what the Lord has told us to do, success stories such as Dennis, men going knocking on his door, Uh, his sister uh, doing her Bible studies and explaining it to her little brother. People will come to know Christ if we'll do what we're called to do. Amen? Well, Ryan, this is your day. And again, and Ryan could explain this to you as well, but we talked about this. Water does not save anyone. This is just water. It's not special or anything else. But he is making a public proclamation to you guys that by being baptized... He's t- he understands that he's dying to his old and that a public testimony he's living for Christ from this point forward. Is that right, Ryan? Yes. Amen. All right, well, go ahead and cross your arms like we talked about. You can hold your nose if you want to. So, Ryan, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Amen. So I baptize you, my little brother. We talked about that, didn't we? You're my brother through the blood of Christ now. So I baptize you, my little brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Son. In the Holy Spirit. Down with the old. And up with the new. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at that. They're standing up for you. This young man right here has got a lot of life ahead of him. I would hope. Y'all look at him right now. Be praying for him. If he crosses your mind, pray for him. It may be ten years from now. Let's, Let's say about six years from now when he really gets to that age. Be praying for him. Amen? Satan's going to attack. Be praying that he'll remember the choice and the decisions he's made today. I'm very proud of you, son. Mr. Kobeth, would you pray for this young man for me? Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. The, the
1: angels in heaven are happy and, and clapping. And this is another soul that, that, that knows you and, again, we thank his big sister for teaching God's word to him and, and explaining it to him. So Lord, I, I just pray that when, when that time does come, that he needs one of us to step up and help and explain and protect and lead and guide. Uh, I I pray that we're there for him, Lord. Lord, I, I thank you for another soul entering heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
4: amen.
3: Preaches in AM, when somebody gets baptized, the whoop in that church almost lifts the roof. You know, we should be excited. Amen? Amen.
2: Bless the Lord. We're going to lift the Lord up in song. We're going to sing a new name and glory together to celebrate our little brother. Um, let's sing that together. Three, four, with my sins forgiven.
1: you.
2: I was once a sinner, but I came pardon to receive from my Lord This was freely given And I found that he always kept his word There's a new name written down in glory And it's mine, oh yes it's mine And the white-robed angels sing the story A sinner has come home there's a new name written down in glory And it's mine, oh yes it's mine With my sins forgiven I am bound For heaven nevermore to roam I was humbly kneeling at the cross Fearing not but God's angry frown When the heavens opened and I saw That my name was written down For there's a new name written down in glory And it's mine, oh yes it's mine And the white-robed angels sing the story A sinner has come home For there's a new name written down in glory And it's mine, oh yes it's mine with my sins forgiven, I am bound for heaven, more to roam. In the book is written, saved by grace, oh, the joy that came to my soul. Now I am forgiven, and I know, by the blood I am made whole. For there's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, oh yes, it's mine. And the white robed angels sing the story. A sinner has come, sinner has come home. Oh, there's a new name written down in glory. And it's mine, oh, yes, it's mine. With my sins forgiven, I am bound for heaven, nevermore to roam. With my sins forgiven, I am bound for heaven, nevermore to roam.
0: jokes on all of you cuz I still get to do my scripture reading. <laughs> That's the answer I like to hear. Anyway, uh the second verse of this song starts off with here I raise my Ebenezer. Generally you would, uh, you know, trust a, a worship leader to lead you in songs that are, you know, proper and that say good things and not bad things and stuff like that. But, uh, when you read a a line that says here, I raise my Ebenezer. Sometimes if you weren't raised in like a Baptist church or a church that sings older songs, you might not have a clue what that means. (laughs) So, uh, here I raise my Ebenezer comes, uh, from second Samuel or sorry, first Samuel, uh, chapter seven verses 11 and 12. Uh, they're going to put that on the screen for you. Uh, it says, Then the men of Israel charged out of Mitzbah and pursued the Philistines, striking them down all the way to a place below Beth-kar. Afterwards, Samuel took a stone and set it upright between Mitzbah and Shin. He named it Ebenezer, explaining, The Lord has helped us to this point. <laughs> so... You know, generally, when you think of the word Ebenezer, you think of Ebenezer Scrooge, or like an old guy, or a geezer, because that's kind of a close <laughs> word, right? That's not what they raised up here. They raised up a stone, a stone of remembrance. Uh, and that's what the second verse continues, and it says, And I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Uh, sorry. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come. That's a weird old english way of saying i got here with your help mm-hmm. right and that's what that uh, verse is also saying they raised up a stone in remembrance to know that they got there with god's help all right so that's what we're singing this morning we're singing come thy fount so now you know what that verse means <laughs>
1: Every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy praise Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by the naming tongues above. Praise the mouth. Fist upon it Mount of thy Redeeming love Here I
2: raise My heaven Knees Hither by thy Help I'm come, And I hope
1: by. Thy good pleasure Safely to arrive at home Jesus saw me when a stranger Wandering from the fold of God He to rescue me from danger Interposed His precious blood a
2: debtor daily I'm constrained to be let thy grace now like a fetter bind my wandering
1: heart to thee prone to wander Lord I feel it prone to leave the God
2: I love here's my heart Lord Take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Come, Come thy fount every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy Never ceasing
1: Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above
2: Here's my heart, Lord Take and seal it
1: Seal it for thy courts above Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above.
3: it's true through your blood. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give God the glory this morning. Amen. Praise God. Well, Dennis, you didn't talk long enough. they got to listen to me. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 28. 1 Samuel chapter 28. <clears throat> some questions came up last week about some of the stuff, uh, about well, actually about a comment that I made last week in, in, the, in the sermon. A couple of people asked, where, where is that found? Where is it at? So we're going to look at it this morning. And that was when I mentioned briefly the witch of Endor. So we're going to look at that story just a little bit this morning and i and the one of the things that wasn't the only thing that kind of put it to my mind but the other thing was this it, it's important speaking of which let me get my phone right now it, it, it's we've got kind of got touched by these and it's hard when you don't have that communication with sherry gone now and pretty much annabelle and i are, are at home it frightened me somewhat the other day when I could not get a hold of her. She came home from school and I, I was on the other side of San Antonio at a hospital visit and I couldn't get a hold of her. It turns out that the phone at the house had not been put back on the charger, it was dead. for whatever, whatever the reason, I couldn't get a hold of her and it, it, it scared me when I couldn't be in communication with her. Now luckily she and I both thought about Messenger at the same time. She has her, the iPad there at the house and I was able to get in touch with her. Make sure she got home from school okay. And, but for a little bit of time, not that I was worried something would happen, but still, when I couldn't get a hold of her, knowing that, that there was nobody else around there, it frightened me just a tad. And it's terrible, I think, to be out of communication with those who are important to you. That being said, imagine what it would be like to be completely out of touch with God when you need him the most, if 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 I if I was that tumultuous, if my if I was that worried because I couldn't get in touch with Annabelle, can you imagine how much the worry must be or should be within a person when they can't get in touch with God, when they when they feel as though they need him the most? Now, as I said, I I briefly mentioned uh, last week the witch of Endor, and this story. It speaks of Samuel, the witch of Endor, but primarily it's about Saul. And this is what we're going to look at this morning is is what about Saul? As people asked me last week, I realized that there's a lot of people that hadn't read this story or forgot about this story or for whatever the reason they hadn't picked up on this story. But this is really important because this is an incident that, that was during the reign of King Saul that illustrates what it's like when you can't hear from God any longer why he couldn't hear from God. And we're going to look at these different reasonings within this. And I pray we learn something from this, because this is not just a, a, a story within the Bible. This is all word is inspired by God and has a purpose. And there's a purpose in this story as well. And that's what I hope we learn this morning when we look at, at what Saul was going through. It involved a woman in the Bible that at the time is described as a witch or a, a medium, a woman who who had the reputation thereof of speaking with the dead. That was her reputation. Did she really speak to the dead? We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But she had this reputation that she could speak to the dead. And, and so we have Saul, Samuel the prophet, whom uh, uh, Chris read from just a while ago, actually. And then we have the witch, Saul, and, and Samuel here. But looking in the story, starting in verse 3, we're going to read more than this, but starting in verse 3. It says this by this time Samuel had died and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in Ramah, his city. And Saul had removed the mediums and spiritists from the land. The Philistines came together and camped at Shunem. So Saul gathered all Israel and they camped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the Philistine camp, he was afraid and trembled violently. He inquired of the Lord. But the Lord did not answer him in dreams or by the Urim or by his prophets. Saul then said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium so I can go and consult her. And his servants replied, there is a woman at Endor who is a medium. Now, let's stop there for just a minute. Let's, let's start breaking it down from the top. When we look at this here, or, you know, let me, let me point out a word first, Urim. For those that don't know what a Urim is, Urim is something used for divination. Now, we don't know exactly what the Urim was. It's not a word that carried over. We know it was something used for divination. Like people would say they can read the tea leaves or the, something of this nature. Some people have even said that it was on the breastplate of the priests. I, I have a hard time believing that one just because it is a divination thing. But it was something that was used for divination. That's what he's saying. He couldn't hear from the Lord, whether through prayer, through this means of divination, Uh, or through dreams god's just not speaking to him he is out of communication with god now saul he is the king of israel at this point he is the king he has been the king for for about 40 years he's been king and he is in deep deep trouble he had refused to heed the warnings of the prophet samuel samuel kept telling him what he should do and he continued to do what he should not and therefore god had quit sending him guidance God continued to tell him through Samuel, these are the things you should do, but yet Saul was wanting and continued to do things his way. Well, now he finds himself surrounded by his enemies who are threatening to destroy his army at any moment. And now he's thinking, wow, I need to hear from God. Unfortunately, because of his past escapades, because of his past decisions, because of his past choices... God's not there any longer. He's not hearing that voice anymore. Here he is, surrounded by the Philistines. Even David, who he knew was going to succeed him on the throne, had thrown in with the Philistines. And he's thinking, what do I do? David's over there. My son Jonathan. Uh, the, all the armies, they're out against me. Now Samuel, who was dead, uh, he couldn't go to him for guidance anymore. Samuel had guided him in his early Uh, career as a king and and tried to guide him in his later career but Saul just wouldn't listen Samuel wasn't there for guidance anymore and without Samuel he just couldn't find he couldn't figure out a way he could not get God to speak to him he tried every way he could think of to communicate with God at this point because he realizes things are tough right now things are at odds there is a hard situation going on what do I do so he, he 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 tries the Urim, he, 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 he's tried the prophets, he's, he's hoping for a dream. He's hoping, he's just saying, God, touch me in some way. But he had another problem, too, on top of all that. Notice it said that he had expelled all the spiritists. He had expelled the witches. He had done something right in his ministry, in his, in his rulership as a king, and he had expelled them all, just like God had told him to do. He had actually done something right, but kind of. There was no witches available to him right there, bottom line. He's looking around like, what do I do? God's not talking to me in dreams. God's not sending a prophet. I'm not getting it through the Urim. I can't find a witch because I got rid of them. What do I do? Folks, there comes a time... For all of us, at one point or another, when we are hungry for the word of God. And I would submit to you, uh, David and I were talking about this briefly just a moment ago. I would submit to you, those who don't even know Christ, those who have not accepted Christ, there's moments in their life when they'll holler out, oh God. There's moments in their life when we are, in our lives, when we are hungry. We need to hear the Lord. We want and need his help. We, 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 We are helpless without him, and we realize that. That's where Saul was. That's the position Saul finds himself in at this point in this, in, in this Philistine army that's surrounding him. He has lost everything. He, he's at, ends at, the, at his ends. He doesn't know what else to do. And he doesn't hear from God. The question I would submit at this point, why is it that God sometimes is silent? Why is it that God sometimes seems so far away? In Saul's case here, this was his penalty for disobedience. God had determined. He had already spoken it through Samuel, and we're going to see it again. That He's going to speak it again even. God had already determined to take the kingdom away from Saul just as, as it had been given to him. Now, we, we, we kind of flippantly say God giveth and God taketh away, but we need to remember that it can be. If we choose not to draw ourselves onto God, then God can choose to draw the things he's given us away onto himself to get our attention to put us back into a position where we can repent, where we may realize and recognize that I have become arrogant, that I have become uh, less than humble, and I have put my way before God's ways. Sometimes it takes those kinds of actions by God to remind us of who we are and who He is. Now, unfortunately, some people choose not to ever repent. Some people choose to continue in their disobedience. Some people continue to choose not to draw closer to God, such as Saul, as we're going to see here in just a moment. It's kind of like that story where uh, the, a couple is driving in a car and the, the wife looks over and says, Honey, how come we don't ever sit close in the car anymore? He says, You know, I don't know. I haven't moved. He's still driving the car. He's right where he always was. It was she that moved over there and wouldn't come back over. I think sometimes when God's driving the car... And we've moved ourselves all the way to the other side. And then we ask God, how come we don't sit together anymore? And God's saying, I haven't left. I haven't moved. It is you who needs to get close to me if I'm going to drive this thing. We have allowed ourselves to become so busy sometimes with work, with with play maybe, with whatever it is in our actions of our life, that we don't build a communication with God. We don't build that relationship with God. And folks, the less there is a relationship with God, the less we are working daily, but uh, diligently, on building that relationship with God, the more we're going to continue to digress. And the more we digress from God, the more we scoot over towards that passenger door, the more there is the propensity for us to sin and the more we'll disobey. And the further down that road of disobeying, the further down that road of disobedience we get, the harder it is to hear from God because the further away his voice becomes. Oftentimes, God seems silent or we can't hear him, not because he's not speaking, but because of our disobedience, we've allowed our sin and whatever else it is in our life to build up barriers between us and he. And he, he may he's trying to speak, but he's waiting on us to repent and turn from those things. And we just need to get closer to God. We need to turn and say, Father, forgive me. Well, the further we move away from God, guys, the less and less we see him, the, the more we lose that sense of his presence in our lives. And if we don't have that sense of his presence, how can we cultivate it? You see, we should be going to the Lord daily in prayer. We should be studying his Bible daily. There's a whole lot of folks that turn on that TV daily and only open this on Sunday. That's not cultivating a healthy relationship with the Lord. And then we wonder why when trouble comes and trials hit us, we can't find Him. And then we blame Him. Well, God's just not speaking to me. He's being ornery. When it was you who chose not to speak to Him for so long. And you built up so many walls. Now, other times... I understand, I think God is waiting for the right time. God is waiting for the right request. Waiting for us to ask what we should be asking for. When it says, ask in the Lord's name, it shall be given unto you, that doesn't mean, God, I need a million dollars, I want it in the bank tomorrow. Oh, in your name. When your spirit aligns with his spirit, and you want the things that God wants, then those great things can happen. Now, if he wants you to have a million dollars, he could put it in your bank account tomorrow. However, he probably knows what most of us would do if we had a million dollars in our bank account tomorrow. Therefore, he doesn't do it. Now, maybe I'm just thinking of myself here, but I bet some of us would do things that weren't godly, or at least not representing God. Folks, we need to be patient. When we, we need to cultivate a relationship with the Lord, We need to have those barriers torn down. And then when we get in those positions where we really want to hear from him, it is then that we should stop and be patient. Have faith in him that he hears us because we've fostered a relationship. And then have the faith that he'll answer when the time is right. Don't just continue to kick the door down. Continue to knock on his door. He says to pray unceasingly. Knock and the door shall be opened. He doesn't give a time frame there. Continue to pray. Don't pray once and say, well, God didn't answer, so that means I must be able to go ahead and go have this extramarital affair. God didn't answer, so that means I can go ahead and buy this new car. When God's saying, I got a better one over here if you'll just wait. Patience. We don't like patience. Some of us have built that relationship with God, but we don't want to be patient about the things we buy. And I, I know I'm one of those. I've gotten a lot better. Don't talk about the motorcycle. But everything else, I got a lot better. And I had one one little flub there, okay? But anyway, I wrote it this weekend to Magnolia and back, and it was sweet, so I still feel good about it. But But we need to stop and pray. Whatever the decision is, when we really need God, we need to have cultivated a relationship to the fact that we can have patience and faith in the fact that if I didn't hear from God today, it's not that he disowned me. It's not that he's left me. It's not that I have barriers. It's because he knows that I need to wait. You know, it's like when you take your, uh, I took the grandbabies home the other day. It's just from their house to my house. And little Jake must ask 15 times, how much longer? How much longer, Papa? Sometimes we, God's saying it's not very long. Just be patient. Have faith. But we don't. Even as Christians, sometimes I think we, we, get, we jump the gun. As Christians, we, we're in the midst of some dire situation. We're in the midst of something we need to know what's going on. And rather than be patient and wait on the Lord, we'll, we'll go to our horoscopes and start trying to read our horoscopes. Or we'll, we'll, we'll go to some palm reader. I see these signs for the palm readers on the side of the road. You would think somebody, almost all those signs I see, you would think somebody would read their palm and tell them, you need to repaint your sign, it's wore out never see a new sign for a palm reader but we do things like that or we'll we'll go to ouija boards oh you can buy it at walmart it's not that big a deal they may seem innocent guys when you try to do those little things they can easily lure you into trouble now i'm not saying that everybody that has a a ouija board set in your house is is damned and destined for a devil's hell but i'll be honest with you i won't have one in my house You've got to be careful. You've got to watch what you do. God loves his people. God loves you and I. He said, I go to prepare a place for you so that you can be with me always. God loves us. He loves his people, and he provides for his people. He'll lead guidance. He'll give guidance to his people if he is allowed to. If we have cultivated that relationship, if we will be patient and wait till it's the, with the proper timing, if we will listen, we will hear from God. Now, Saul, he didn't have that patience. And, and Saul, he, he said, I, I prayed and I didn't hear from him. And rather than repent and say, and say, God, forgive me, like David did. Remember, David did a lot of ugly things as well. But what was the difference? You continually hear David say, Father, forgive me. And in the end, we hear God say of David, there is a man after my very soul. There is a, there is a man that is doing what he is supposed to do. Does that mean he doesn't sin? No, we know David sinned. A lot. But he also knew who his God was, and he kept that communication. He repented of his sins. Saul chose not to. Saul chose to seek out a way that was against God's will. Notice he didn't say, well, find me someone where I can talk to God. No, he says, is there any witches around? He didn't first say, well, let me repent and try to restore communication with God. He didn't say, well, let me repent and try to see if God will send another prophet like Samuel. In his mind, he just jumps immediately to the worldly, quick way of things. Find me a witch. Find me a medium. Is there a witch around here where, that, that, that I might consult? Instead of doing and being what he knew his convictions would say, going to God and waiting on God to speak, he jumped right to the way the world would go. And remember he himself has already uh, expelled all these guys that it's not like he didn't know that witches were bad he had already expelled all the witches and the mediums and the spiritists like god had told him to they were gone that was god's desire now saul didn't ever do everything completely right also we noticed and sure enough there was at least one left the witch at indoor and there she is she's sitting down there and and the Philistine army had split the nation in half. And here, here he is on the, on the south, and she's on the north. Hmm, That means i got to cross the Philistine army to get to that witch. So not only did he know that it was wrong to go to the witch, not only was he the one who expelled the witches, but he also realized, I'm going to have to disguise myself and, and, and make it so no one knows who I am, so I can break through the lines here and get to this witch. So not only did he know he shouldn't be going, but God had made it difficult for him to get there. And he still chose that pathway. He still chose to continue to look for her and find her rather than repent and come to the Lord. So if Saul finds the woman, he, 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 he manages to, to convince her to listen to his will. Notice it says, in picking up in verse 8, Saul disguised himself, By putting on different clothes and set out with two of his men. They came to the woman at night. And Saul said, consult a spirit for me. Bring up for me the one I tell you. But the woman said to him, you surely know what Saul has done. How he has killed the mediums and the spiritists in the land. Why are you setting a trap for me to get me killed? Then Saul swore to her by the Lord. Ouch. Not only is he doing what he knows he should not to do. Rather than build a relationship with God, he's going to use God's name now and, and to do what he knows he should not do. How many times do people partake of something they know they shouldn't partake of so they go to the, they go to the dance hall two cities over? Or they'll go to the uh, state uh, across lines? Or we're going to go out of country and, man, everything, what does, what does Las Vegas say? Everything that, everything, everything, that hap- everything, that lives, everything that happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. Mm. so how many people go to vegas thinking hey hey god knows and he makes it hard to get there they may have to save up money for the plane fare even but what do they do same thing here then Saul swore to her by the lord as surely as the lord lives nothing bad will happen to you because of this who is it that you want me to bring up for you the woman asked bring up samuel for me he answered now stop there for just a second Notice, we don't know whatever happens to the witch of Endor, per se. However, Scripture doesn't show she gets killed. Saul does. Even though he used the Lord's name here, God kind of honored that somewhat right here from what we know. But, that's, but the main thing is to understand that Saul went and used the Lord's name. Saul goes out there, and he asks for Samuel. He asks for a godly man. He finds this woman and, 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 and convinces her to help him. He finds her and says, this is who I want. Maybe he possibly wished for the days when, when Samuel would come and, and speak to him and, and, and advise him. He wished that he had never possibly did what he has done. He wished that Samuel was still alive. He wished that maybe that he had listened when Samuel had been speaking to him before. But it's too late. The past is the past. But in his mind, he's saying desperate times calls for desperate measures. I, I, I'm ready to compromise my convictions. I'm ready to compromise my integrity. And unfortunately, by using the Lord's name there, he says, I'm ready even to compromise the Lord. You see how low Saul has gotten? This is a man that God had chosen to put on the throne of Israel. But at this point, rather than repent and turn from his past, repent and say, God, I'm sorry for the things I have done, rather than repent and say, Father, I have fallen short, I want to rebuild a communication line, I want to rebuild this 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 relationship that you and I had. Rather than do those things, I'll just go ahead and, 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 and step upon my convictions, I'll step upon my integrity, and I'm even going to use your name. Compromise is what got Saul into this position anyway. And folks, let me tell you, submit to you this morning, that whenever we start compromising and rationalizing God's rules, it's going to lead to trouble. When we know that God has spoken something to us, and this is not a maybe, it's a thou shalt, and we do it anyway, we better be afraid. When we start rationalizing, oh, well, you know, it's okay if we do this or or we do that. Look on, it goes on to say, when the woman saw Samuel, she screamed. And then she asked Saul, why did you deceive me? You are Saul. Now, if this is a woman who has the reputation of speaking to the dead and he tells her, I want you to call up Samuel for me, and she calls him up and he actually shows up and she screams, has she ever spoken to the dead before? No. No, she didn't expect anything real to happen. She was going to swindle She thought, I got another sucker here that's willing to pay whatever it takes to speak to Samuel. Sure, whatever, I'll call up Samuel. And she starts doing her little hoopla thing. And all of a sudden there's Samuel and she screams, ah! I can't do that. What are you doing? Ah! And she looks at Saul, you did this. The only one that could call up Samuel would be God, which means you must be the man of God, which means you're Saul. Ouch! You're going to kill me now. She's scared from both sides. And she's like, this hadn't happened before. I'm not used to seeing real spirits here. What actually happened? Or, you know, let's finish reading that real quick. But the king said to her, don't be afraid. What do you see? I see a spirit form coming up out of the earth, the woman answered. Then Saul asked her, what does he look like? An old man is coming up, she replied. He's wearing a robe. Then Saul knew that this was Samuel, and he bowed his face to the ground and paid homage Why have you disturbed me, bringing me up, Samuel asked Saul. I'm in serious trouble, replied Saul. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has turned away from me. He doesn't answer me anymore, either through the prophets or in dreams. So I've called on you to tell me what I should do. And Samuel answered, Since the Lord has turned away from you and has become your enemy, why are you asking me? The Lord has done exactly what he said through me. The Lord has torn the kingship out of your hand, and given it to your neighbor David. You did not obey the Lord and did not carry out his wrath against Amalek. Therefore, the Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will also hand Israel over to the Philistines along with you. Tomorrow, you and your sons will be with me, and the Lord will hand Israel's army over to the Philistines. Ouch. So what actually is happening here? Did this woman really have the power to call the dead back to life? No. Did this woman have any power whatsoever to call somebody back from the grave? Absolutely not. Only God can call somebody back from the grave. Only God could issue that kind of a command. He did it on the Mount of Transfiguration. Remember, when Jesus was up there, he called back Moses and he called back Elijah. He, God himself is the only one who can counteract Luke 16. If you go, whip over to Luke 16 real quick, in Luke 16, 25 it says this, and they'll have it on the screens. Son, Abraham said, remember that during your life you received your good things just as Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here while you are in agony. Besides all this, a great chasm has been fixed between us and you so that those who want to pass over from here to you can not. Neither can those from there cross over to us. That great chasm cannot be crossed. Those are words from Jesus. So therefore, the only way to cross a chasm that cannot be crossed is for God himself to do so. God brought forth Samuel. Samuel could not have come back to talk to Saul unless God himself bridged the chasm. Couldn't be. We know the Bible says his point on man wants to die and then to face the judgment. This was not a ghost like we think of ghosts of Vicksburg soldiers and such as that. Those do not exist. I'm not saying there's not a spirit realm and that demons can do all kinds of stuff to to trick us. We know Paul said there's a battle, a spiritual battle, between the forces of good and the forces of bad raging around us every day. The spirit realm exists, but it's not the ghost of our loved ones or the lost ones or the war victims. This right here was God himself covering the chasm so Samuel could come up. Samuel was a godly man. Think about that for just minute a very godly man who, who, who would not have allowed himself to be summoned by an evil medium to an ungodly man to perform an ungodly act. It would not happen. Samuel was a man of God, a true prophet. And the one who could speak to that true prophet was God himself. Now, I believe that God allowed this visitation, this vision, this, this, this image, or whatever you want to call it, to reinforce what Samuel had already spoken to Saul. You notice he didn't say anything new. He didn't tell Saul, well, you need to go and, and regroup your men this way or that way. His sentence on Saul was the same as it was before he died. But I believe the purpose of this was was to give Saul one more chance. Repent. Saul himself said, God has quit talking to me. Samuel had already spoken to him, get your life right with the Lord. Get your life right with God. Why do you keep doing the things that God tells you not to do? And Saul chose to keep running his own way. Here he is about the, he's told, your son's everybody. One more chance to repent. Now, when we repent, that doesn't mean the consequences of our actions go away. But at least we become one with the Lord again. But here he doesn't repent. The consequences does not go away. Samuel repeats what he'd already been told. There's no new information needed. He's saying the same thing. Folks, and I'd share with you this morning, God's message does not change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The Messiah came as the prophet said he would do so. He died upon that cross. As the prophet said he would do so, he rose again on the third day, resurrected, defeating death, hell, and the grave. So that whomsoever would repent, turn from their ways, and believe in those things, that he was the son of God and he rose on the third day, shall be saved and spend eternity with him. That message has not changed. There is no shortcuts through a witch. There is no shortcuts through a medium. There is no shortcuts through channeling of a vision of some sort. It's going to the Lord, yourself, to him, saying, Father, forgive me my sins. Forgive me where I've fallen short of your glory. Forgive me where i stumbled. Saul, he's going to lose his kingdom to David. It's going to happen. Israel, going to be conquered by the Philistines going to happen all his sons Saul and his sons and you can go and read this the whole story here if you have not read it before or you forgot it you know personally I have studied the life of Jonathan and 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 I I I think Jonathan the son of Saul was a great man I can't wait to see him one day but all the sons die Saul and all his boys Saul had a long history of disobedience he had a long history of doing what God told him not to do, and the penalty of sin is death. There's no sugarcoating that, guys. The wages of sin is death. There has to be the, 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 the shedding of blood for the remission of sins. Praise God, through Jesus Christ, we have that. And we can repent and ask for God's grace, God's mercy, God's forgiveness. And we can be washed by the blood of the Lamb. And when we give our testimony, as Dennis did, just like the song, we raise our Ebenezer, remembering what God has done for us. When we take and be, and are baptized, like Ryan was this morning, we are raising our Ebenezer. This is what my God has done for me. I repent. And I choose to turn from what I was and look to what I am to become, a new creation in Christ. I choose to repent when I'm not not hearing from God to remind myself that there is a communication line, that he hasn't moved from the driver's seat, that if I'm not listening or hearing him any longer, it's not because he's moved, it's because I've moved. And it's for that reason I don't run to the spiritualists. I don't run to the... The soothsayers, the palm readers, the horoscopes. I run to Christ. Get on my knees humbly and say, Father, forgive me. Forty years earlier, Saul was chosen by God to be king over Israel, a godly, humble man when God chose him. But if you look over just a few pages to Deuteronomy, excuse me, no, 1 Chronicles, sorry. In 1 Chronicles chapter 10, verse 13, Saul died for his unfaithfulness to the Lord because he did not keep the Lord's word. He even consulted a medium for guidance, but he did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. He had the opportunity, but he chose not to inquire of the Lord. He chose to run to a medium. Of all things he could have done, it says, and he even went to a medium. He went to a witch rather than inquire of the Lord. So what are the lessons we can learn here this morning? Remember that any barriers that lie between you and God weren't put there by God. They were put there by you. That our actions, our inactions, are, not, are choosing not to pray to him daily, are choosing not to ask his direction, are choosing not to seek out his opinion because it doesn't jive with what we want going on in our lives. Those are barriers that we're building up between us and him. And if we want true communication, we need to tear those down. Remember what did Jesus say? My people will hear my voice and they will know that they are mine. He's not going to quit speaking. It's we who keep quit listening. It is we who put in so many buffers that we can't hear. It's kind of like Annabelle last night was laying on the floor with her headphones on. I must have called her 15 times before I went to see what was going on. She had headphones on. Well, she put those on willingly, and she couldn't hear me. How often do we put the headphones of whatever we want on our heads, and we can't hear God? We need to be careful. Restore that communication line. That way you can listen for his words, even if they take a while. Even if it's, it, it may take weeks for him to answer. Have faith and patience because you know that your relationship to him is right because you truly asked forgiveness. I didn't just say, Father, forgive me for getting drunk last night, even though I'm going to do it tomorrow night. No. True repentance is, Father, I failed you. I'm sorry. Forgive me and mean it that relationship is built again refuse to allow demonic powers to influence your life as well these things that go on around us don't play around with the psychics and the fortune tellers just stay away from them why play that game you know i I went with my kids yesterday i was at the the renaissance festival and there's there were psychic readers and wizards and all this stuff you could go i don't know if it's tips or how much it paid i made sure i didn't even go in those buildings didn't didn't need to They didn't have anything I was interested in. Shouldn't have went in all the swords and gun buildings either, but I did. But those aren't psychics. Guys, I I was good yesterday. I almost, though I know I have no money, bought a gun, another one. Why would I need another one? But I was good, walked out. But what if I'd walked into that psychic place and said, you know, I just want to see what it's like, see what's really going on here. Just stay away from it. Don't take that chance. Cultivate a closer relationship with the Lord. That's when you hear his voice. That's when things will happen. Don't worry about, is the ghost of so-and-so going to come up? No. In fact, if the ghost of so-and-so comes up, I'm going to say, and look, this was a, is it an evil entity? Because then, in the name of Jesus Christ, get thee behind me. Because you're not a ghost, you're an evil spirit. And if it's a godly one? then it's going to be representing God and it's going to say great things. But either way, do and have a communication with the Lord. Father, what would you have me to do? Now, the first step in doing that is like Dennis shared with you this morning. Accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you may say, but, but you know, I've been in church all my life. doesn't matter. Well, I'm a big guy. I've got a tough reputation to keep. You're not tough enough to beat God, so why not join him? Surrender your heart to his lordship. Surrender who you are and say, Father, forgive me, for I am a sinner in need of your grace. Every one of us, guys, every single person in this room, I don't care how holy you think you are, you are a sinner in need of God's grace. Well, I've already accepted him. Praise the Lord. You still need his grace daily. Guarantee you there's no one here perfect. Some better than others. I know I got shuffle buzzers out my head every day. But none of us are perfect. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can make that decision choice today. Say, Father, forgive me. If you do know him, and maybe that relationship has gotten real flimsy, maybe you've built not just barriers, but entire buildings between you and him. If you will purpose in your heart to get on your knees and humbly mean it and say, Father, forgive me, I don't care how big that building is, my God can swat it away. But he's letting you. He's still in the driver's seat. He's wanting to know when you're going to come over by him rather than him move over there where you're at. For you today. Don't end up like Saul. And yes, I would even say sometimes that our actions will take down our sons and our daughters with them. Our choice to not be that beacon of light will sometimes affect those behind you, and they will fall as well. Why not get your life right back with God today? Pre-surrender. Say, Father, I know you. You've been there. I locked you in a closet. Forgive me. I want you to come out and clean up my house run out the, the entities that do not need to be here, I want you, Lord, to be the strong man in my house again. Or if you're the strong man, who can throw you out? Where are you this morning? Let's all stand up and lead us in a word of prayer. This altar will be open. You can pray where you're at. You can go to your neighbor. Maybe the Lord's telling you to go pray with so-and-so. I don't know. But will you get your heart right with the Lord today? Father God, I just come before you this morning, and I thank you for who and what you are. And I just ask in the name of Jesus that you'll touch the hearts of your people this day, that you will reach out to them and let them see and know that you not only have not quit speaking to them, but that you want to speak to them, that you want to continue to speak to them, that you are there, that you are capable, and that you are able to overcome the entities that they've put between you and they. Let them feel in their hearts, Lord God. Let us, me, all of us realize beyond any imagination that you are god you love us you will provide for us if we will just open our hearts to you through forgiveness asking your forgiveness and accepting your grace father i pray your will to be done lord in jesus name amen is god is god speaking to you today if he is this altar will be open don't go to the witches, don't go to the spiritualists, the mediums, go to Christ. And watch what he can do. As we sing, guys.
1: Do you want rest beyond that river? Right
3: now. If your life's not right now, there's not going to be rest later. I want to do one more verse, guys, if we can just to make sure we're all on the same page. Give you an opportunity. Sing if the Lord's telling you to sing, and pray if the Lord's telling you to pray. Pray for one another. Whatever the God's telling you to do today, will you do it as we sing one more verse this morning? Guys, this season you'll see lots of witches and little guys running around in costumes. Love on them. Don't beat them over the head because they're wearing a witch's costume. Love them and let them know that you love them. That God loves them, but don't you, as adults, run to the witches and the mediums? Run to God. Run to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you that could be here today. Uh, keep looking up. You know. And, and again, I'm going to lift Ryan to you. If Ryan crosses your mind, make sure you lift him up in prayer. Uh, my sister would like to come up, and she wants to share a testimony with you real quick before we close. Did you want to come up, or You want to say it from there? Okay, she said she's going to scream at you this morning. No. Mary wants to share something with you I today. just want to share that we have what a wonderful, loving God
5: we have. Thank you. And if there's anyone here that does not believe in that prayer, I just pray that you rethink it. As you know, a lot of you know, that my uh, granddaughter Elizabeth has been wanting a job for such a long, long time. Well, we've been praying that someone would give her a chance to work. Well, she went to work, and a, a lady gave her her chance to work, and she proved herself to be a very good helper. But we also every every summer we go to Wisconsin to be with our family. Well, this summer was going to be a special summer for me and Wisconsin, and it was going to be I needed to go get my knee surgery done and. Uh, I had my great-grandchildren graduating, and I had a son there that was ill. And so there was a chance that we weren't going to get to go. Well, Liz happened to mention something to her boss. And she had such a loving voice. God worked through her. She gave Liz the time off that she needed for us to go to Wisconsin and do what we needed to get done. Well, my prayer was, I have, my my son has had heart trouble for a long time. He's had open heart surgery, he's had stents, he's been, but God has been keeping him going, keeping him going. But this year, I just felt that I needed to be with him. So I was praying, Lord, if I can't be there, please don't let him die alone. Because he was a loner. He lived alone, and he, he liked his own privacy in his own. Well, my heart was like, sometimes people don't go over there for three or four days. And in my mind, I could just see my son laying there that long. So I was praying. I did a lot of praying upon it. But God worked it out that we not only got to go to Wisconsin, thank you, and there, but I was with my son when he passed away. He went to sleep and the next morning. He was, he was gone, and but God answered that prayer because we had we had said well we can't go home this summer. Well, he worked it through her boss that we could go, and she still has her job. He sent her back to work because he said everybody loved her. She did such a good job, and she'll have a job there as long as she wants. So that is that is the blessing. And this air boss, what's her name? Amber. From Caparellas, uh, was very patient with her because they gave her six weeks, while well, it was four months. And she, told, and she called it our nurse doctor and she said, You take all the time you need. So that was a blessing through her that God gave up to us so that I would be able to be there with my son and my family. And so if you don't believe in ancient prayers, I believe it, and if I could, I'd shout it from the highest mountain by the wonderful loving God we have. How and well. we hear that prayer and we have serve so mighty God. Amen?
3: Amen. amen? amen. Brother Brian, will you close us in prayer this morning? Thank you, uh, Mary. Father, thank you for letting us come to your house today. Lord, I, I praise you for all the blessings, Lord, that we can see God out. Pray for Ryan. We will all be good examples. I just pray for him uh, in your way, Lord. And, and Father, uh, all of us, God, I pray that you, uh, that you uh, that open our hearts to you, God. Open our minds, Lord, only to your perfect truth, God. And uh, be with us, go Amen use us in your service this week, Lord. Do forgive us when we fall short. Thank you, Lord, for sending everyone here today. We praise your holy name. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen, Amen. Amen guys. Amen.